Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina istafa. Khususan ala Sayyidir Rusul wa Khatamil Anbiya wa ala alihi al-askiya wa ashabihi al-atqiya amma ba'd. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells us that sin has a grave impact on every individual. There is a harm that comes on the society, on the family, the lack of barakah. But there is a direct harm that comes to each individual when we sin. To that Rasulullah tells us that there is a dot, a dark spot that appears on the heart of the individual who sins. And then over time as it compounds and it grows, Consciously and unconsciously, we make so many mistakes that it adds up. The other day, I was at the gas station and I asked one of the kids to fill up the gas in the car and the other one took that thing where they start cleaning the front windshield. So he took the thing and he put it in the solution and cleaned the front windshield. And it was nice and clean. And two, three days later, we came back and I said to him, would you mind cleaning it again? He said, Abba, I just cleaned it two days ago. But I explained to him that even though we didn't directly drive through any mud or we didn't throw any impurity, just the fact of driving, it attracts so much debris and there are so many insects we make contact with that even though we aren't actively making it filthy and dirty, there is gunk and there is dirt that just gathers there. The same applies to our oral hygiene, the same applies to our garments, sweat on the body, that slowly things pile up. And then comes the moment where you go and play an actual sport for two hours and you're caked in your own sweat. The same goes with the heart, that these dots, they build up until a point comes where the heart is coated by darkness and the, the, the light, the nur of the person's ruh and iman is no longer penetrating outwards. So now your own ruh, your soul is locked away and you are deprived of any positive influence that it has to offer. The beautiful thing is Rasulullah taught us a solution to this. Something called istighfar and tawbah. That as you drift further away by doing wrong, there is a simple solution and a cleaning technique that you can adopt that will allow you to wipe away every stain. Every single sin can be wiped away, no matter how great the sin is. But that tawbah and istighfar, that repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must be proper. It can't just be lip service. You can't just be saying astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah with words while your mind is drifted away and your heart is, is disengaged. That sort of an apology is almost an insult to the one that you're apologizing to. Therefore, one of the mashayikh said that our istighfar requires another istighfar. That we should be repenting for the attitude that we have 
when we repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine standing in front of your father after you clearly engage in a violation and he says, what do you have to say to yourself? What do you have to say for yourself? And you say, I'm sorry. That apology won't be accepted. What do you mean you're sorry? Do you not have better words? Are you not interested in showing some sincerity here? You think I'm hungry for your words or I'm some fool that you can just say something and expect me to believe it? إِنَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ sudur. وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ حَبْرِ الْوَرِيدِ There is not a thought. وَإِن تُبْدُ مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوْ تُخْفُوهُ يُحَاسِبْكُمْ بِهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows of your intentions and your thoughts better than you will ever know yourself. You may try to figure out the confusion that's going on here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala openly knows of it. Very clearly knows of it. So now when we engage in tawbah, when we engage in repentance, if that's something that you're interested in, and it very well should be, because bear in mind that not repenting from our sins puts us at grave risk. And that risk is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do our hisab on the day of judgment. There's a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that a servant of Allah will be called forward on the day of judgment. And that person will know of his sins, the great and the small, very much aware. He stands in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presents all of his minor sins alone. And this person is confident at that moment that I am done. This is over, game over for me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't miss one minor sin of mine and the main course hasn't even started yet. So he has his head lowered down in shame. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to him that I am willing to change all of your sins into good deeds. So he looks up at Allah and says, Ya Allah, but this isn't everything that I've done. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I know. On your way to Jannah. This is the father of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we can to some degree even curb this risk by making tawbah while we're in the world. Because the Prophet tells us, The one that repents from sin is like the one who has no sin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He addresses us. You know, sometimes you read books or you hear lectures and you think to yourself that maybe only certain beloved servants of Allah were meant to receive His mercy. Maybe I was always meant to be a sinner and doomed to the fire of hell. Maybe my sins will drag me to the pits of the fire of hell and not only is this life going to suck, but the one in the hereafter is going to suck even more. Shaitan feeds these thoughts in our minds. But remember that when a person sins, and if they're able to acknowledge their sin, they have been given a gift by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of remorse and humbleness. And that is a phenomenal gift. Because if a person feels the pain of sin, there is great hope for that person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses you and I, that category of people in the Quran, by referring to us as His. You know when a child does something inappropriate, the father says, deal with your child. If the child accomplishes something great, he says, look at my son. He takes nisbah changes, his attribution changes. Something great, direct attribution. Something wrong and evil, indirect attribution. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses those who did wrong with direct attribution. Ya asrafu ala anfusihim. Oh my servants who've done wrong. 
You don't need to go to anyone else. You don't need to turn to anyone else. You don't need any saint to intercede on your behalf. You don't need anyone between you and I. It's just the two of us. You whisper to me, I'm sorry, I will give it to you. You just hope for it. You feel it. You can do istighfar and tawbah anytime you want. Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali points out that in order for tawbah and repentance to be pure, three things are required. The first thing, you need ilm. Ilm, knowledge here means knowledge of what you've just done is bad. Knowledge of understanding that this bad that you have done impacts your spirituality, it is hurting you. Knowledge of understanding that this sin has just created a wedge between you and your Lord. It's created a barrier. And by doing this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that moment is disappointed in you. As Imam, Abu, Imam Ghazali also writes in another one of his books, he says, that avoid being in a place where your Lord has told you not to be. And I love that language because I can relate to this to some degree that my father, for example, would tell us that don't stay awake after 11 o'clock and it's two o'clock and we're playing games and my dad walks in. You know that anger that he has, that frustration, that disappointment, that I told you don't do this and you still did it. That don't let Allah find you seeing and doing things that you weren't supposed to do. And the vice versa, the opposite should exist, that let Allah see you in places where He has told you to be. When a person sins, there is a barrier created between them and their Lord. And that disappointment that I have just let down my Rabb, no one else did it. I can't blame anyone. This was all me. The knowledge of that leads a person to true regret and remorse. And this is the second thing that Imam Ghazali points out. If you have good ilm, you will then have a proper hal. Hal is a state. Knowledge of your sin and its impact will deliver you to the right state you need to be in. Where you understand that, man, that wasn't good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can command the earth right now to swallow me down and I will be gone. Our mashayikh would say, even when you go to grocery stores like Walmart in England, Asda, they would say, avoid even the alcohol aisle to walk, to cross through. Allah's ghadab descends there 24 hours. If you have to go to the bread aisle, walk around. Go to the aisle over. Don't go through that aisle. Avoid sin at all costs. Don't be near it. Don't associate with it passively, actively, all of it. Because there is a nahusa, a darkness that accompanies it. Now when a person has this hal, where they feel the weight of their sin. Feeling that weight is very important. Sometimes it's feeling the weight of your sin and the regret and remorse that goes with it that results in humbleness that is more beloved to Allah than the arrogance of the one that is confident in their worship. And therefore the sinner takes a trophy. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees the person and says, you were weak and you failed, but you loved me and you desired me and you kept wanting change. And that struggle of yours, that jihad of yours was known by me. The world didn't see your victory, but I witnessed your victory because every day you fought against yourself. That is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You may never feel that you were victorious over yourself, but Allah knows of the struggle and that's what He desires of us. His command was never for us to be victorious. His command was, Keep trying. As long as you keep trying, I'll keep being with you and I'll keep guiding you. And then comes a third step, which He calls the fi'l. So the ilm, hal, and fi'l. 
The fi'l is now the action. That action means, number one, stop sinning. Whatever sin it is that you're feeling regret and remorse over, stop it. If you have a haram business that you're earning from and you feel guilty over feeding your children haram, stop that business. You have to stop it. If you're with the wrong people who gamble and sin and swear and that hurts you, avoid those people. And then you raise your hands and not literally raise your hands, but just the fi'l here is to turn to Allah, inaba ilallah, to turn to Allah and apologize sincerely. And the third thing is to make a commitment not to go back to that sin. If you go back to the sin, that's okay. Repeat everything all over again. It's a process, but go through it all again. Don't be afraid of losing to your sin because shaitan is more clever and smarter than you. He is stronger than you and has a lead in this race. The champions are those who don't give up. You only become a black belt if you refuse to give up as a white belt. Otherwise you have no choice of just not progressing. You have to keep pushing. You have to persist and keep going forward. There is a beautiful narration that manifests all of this. Abu Nu'aym al-Asfahani narrates in his Hillatul Awliya. I shared this incident with some students earlier this week actually. It's a beautiful narration. He narrates this story and at the end of it he points out that there is weakness in this narration. That this narration is not a pristine level authenticity you know, that it carries. There is some weakness in the chain. But the story is still profound nonetheless. It's of a young man who served Rasulullah by the name of Thalaba bin Abdul Rahman. One day Nabi sent him to complete a task. He was going to fulfill this task given to him by Nabi and he was passing someone's home and there was a lady bathing in there. He looked more than he should have. He looked once and then looked a second time. He committed a sin. Now be, bear in mind that that in itself isn't enough to identify a bad person or a good person because we all sin. Nabi told us, Kullu bani adama khata. All of us make mistakes. But then he further said, Wa khayrul khata'in tawabun The best of those who commit sins and do wrong are humble servants who always ask Allah for forgiveness. They don't become arrogant over their sin. So this person, when he did this, he felt guilt immediately. That on one side, I'm a khadim of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and on the other side, I betray his legacy by doing something like this. He was terrified that Allah would reveal a verse about what he just did to the Prophet of Allah, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would be disappointed in him. He ran away from Medina Munawwara. And he found some mountains and he went there. فَفَقَدَهُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ أَرْبَعِينَ يَوْمًا He went missing from Medina Munawwara for 40 days. Jibreel alayhi salam came to Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم and said, Ya Muhammad, in your Lord conveys his salam to you. And he says that the one who ran away because of his sin hiding in the mountains, he is seeking يَتَعَوَّذُ بِي مِن نَارِي he is seeking protection from my adab, from my fire. 
So the Prophet immediately called Umar and Salman and he said, go and find Tha'laba bin Abdurrahman. Go and bring him back. So the two, they went to the mountains of Medina Munawwara and they met a shepherd, whose name was Dhufafa. Umar asked the shepherd that, have you seen a young man, you know, maybe very sad and remorseful over his sin? Uh, we are looking for him. The Prophet told us to go find him. So the Bedouin said, Maybe you're talking about the one who we hear locals call the one running from the fire of hell. Because every night he comes out and he, he cries and he makes dua to Allah every night. Oh my Lord, only if you had taken my soul and I wouldn't be alive. Tomorrow what will happen when you hold me accountable for my sin? This is what you call knowledge of sin. You and I are probably thinking right now, what's the big deal? Who cares if you looked at a lady? That's not a big deal. Who cares about the honor of that lady? She'll figure it out herself. We can find a solution. But this man understood the impact of sin. And it hurt him so much. Umar said, Yahu nurid, that's the person. The, they waited till the evening. At night time, this young man came out. Umar heard his dua again. He went from behind, he grabbed him. And he said to him, Thalaba, where have you been? The Prophet is very worried about you. He's been waiting for you. So he said, Omar, tell me, does the Prophet know about my sin? Did he find out? Omar said, I don't know. But what I do know is that he mentioned you yesterday. He's calling you back to Medina. We are taking you. He also said that when Nabi remembered you yesterday, he was crying. He really misses you. He wishes you were there. So Thalaba, when he heard Rasulullah was crying due to his absence, he said, I'll come back with you, but there's a condition. I will only enter into Medina Munawwara and visit the Prophet of Allah if we go to meet him while he's praying Salah because that's when he looks most beautiful and he's most merciful. They agreed. They brought him to the Masjid Rasulullah He was leading the prayer. Umar and Salman quickly ran to the Saf to pray. He heard the voice of Rasulullah He missed that voice so much. That when he heard the Prophet of Allah reading this young man, he fainted. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam finished the prayer. He approached Umar and Salman. And he said, what happened to that man that I told you to look for? They said, that's him right here. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stood on top of him. And he said, Qum ya Tha'laba, Tha'laba stand up. He wakes up. He stands in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with tears and shame. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ma ghaybuka anni, where did you go? His response to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi I messed up. I shouldn't have done it. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, he didn't ask him what was your sin by the way. That's the amazing thing. Because Islam is not about confessions unlike other faiths. Rather what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, should I not teach you a dua that if you read it, 
from the Quran, I'll teach you a dua that if you read it, Allah will forgive all of your sins. And then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told him to say, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adab nar. He said to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, them be a'lam, them be, them be a'lam ya Rasulullah. My sin is greater than this. I've done something really bad. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Bal kalamullahi a'lam. You keep thinking your sin is bad? Okay, buddy, calm it down, slow it down a little. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's promise is greater. Allah will forgive you. The Prophet then told him, take him home. His parents are missing him. He went home. For the next eight days, he was sick. The Prophet asked Salman, what happened to him? He said, our messenger of Allah, the young man has been sick. The Prophet came to visit him. He was lying on the ground in pain. The Prophet took his head and placed it in his own lap. He removed his head from the Prophet's lap. And he said, my, my head and my body are full of sins. They don't deserve your blessed Mubarak body, O Messenger of Allah. This is hal, my friends. This is ilm, my friends. That you don't take your sins lightly. You take them very seriously. He's in pain. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is showing him love and he's saying, Oh Messenger of Allah, it's, I don't want to make you impure. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to bring you down in any way. I'm not worthy of this. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam took his head and brought it back in his lap and was bringing him down and calming him. He asked him, Matajid, what do you feel? Tell me, describe what you're feeling right now. He said, I feel like as if ants are crawling between my skin and my flesh. Nabi wiped his tears and said to the Sahaba, He's going to die. Jibreel came to the Prophet. And he said, Your Lord conveys his salam to you, and he says, That if this man came to me with an earth full of sin, I would give him an earth full of forgiveness. This is hal, my friends. This is ilm, my friends. He passed away in the lap of Rasulullah. He thought he wasn't worthy of serving the Prophet of Allah because of his sin. But Allah made him worthy of passing in the lap of Rasulullah Sometimes a sin brings a person close to Allah. If it's paired with the right ilm, hal, and fi'l. Nabi sallallahu partook in his janazah. Yamshi ala atrafi anamilihi. Nabi sallallahu was walking on his tiptoes. Someone said, our Messenger of Allah, why are you walking like this? He said, it's because there is not a space for me to place my foot completely on the ground due to the abundance of malaika that are here right now. The grief, pain, and remorse of a sinner. The Prophet ﷺ would do istighfar day and night, consistently and immediately. We will stop here today, inshallah.
Because there is a second discussion that needs to occur If Allah gives us tawfiq Tomorrow We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts And grants us tawfiq To be from those who repent Allahumma ja'alna min al-tawabeen Wa ja'alna min al-mutatahireen Wa ja'alna min ibadika al-salihin Subhanallah bihamdihi subhanakallahumma Bihamdik nashadu wa la ilaha illa Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh